Blog Talk Radio. You got to accentuate the positive feeling. Mind the negative, latch on to the affirmative. Don't mess with Mr. In Between. You gotta spread joy up to the maximum, bring gloom down to the minimum, have faith. A pandemonium liable to walk upon the scene. Welcome to Blog Talk Radio, and thank you for tuning in to another edition of Positively Affirmative. This is the show where we affirm you our listening audience, with education, information, and resources in the areas of self-care, career development, business building, and wealth consciousness, challenges, and solutions. I am your host, Katrina Jones, Prosperity Life Coach of Satari Life Skills Institute. And today, um, our show topic is Perceptionology. How you are perceived is your reality. And I'm so very excited and honored uh, to welcome uh, Donald Wayne McLeod, creator and developer of Perceptionology, onto our show. Donald Wayne is an incredible speaker, businessman, and person. He does more than stress the importance of of building interpersonal relationships. He developed the blueprint that will engage and inspire others to help you excel. His lectures capture the nuances that are quiz-essential for building sincere, lasting relationships that will develop your network, grow your business, and benefit you personally, professionally, and financially. Join us as we learn how to make friends and influence people using perceptionology. Donald Wayne, thank you so much for being on our show today. Katrina, a sincere pleasure, and I really <laughs> liked your opening music there. Um, <laughs> because you know that's what I'm about, about putting your best foot forward, being affirmative, um, you know, stepping out there, realizing your potential to uh, impact everyone you meet. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, um, so Donald Wayne, I know that um, I met you um, as a, I was a student um, at, at Cleveland State University. I'm taking an organization development class, and, and our instructor um, invited you into our class um, to speak about um, to speak about well, what I remember about the uh, about you and about what you spoke to us about being your best hello, be your best hello. And you made such um, an impression that I remember that the day you came to speak with us, it was February. 4th of 2011, because I took notes and I have them in front of me. That's all you say. Yeah. So that is the impact that, that you, you know, that you've made um, 
on on me. Um, but I would like for you to um, to tell us, um, you know, tell us a little bit about yourself and about perceptionology. Certainly. Um, well, it's funny you mentioned that best hello because that is something I really do stress when I'm ever I'm speaking to a group. I'll ask someone who gave you your best hello today, and I um, challenge your re- your listeners right now to be thinking about that. Who gave you your best hello today? And it may take a moment to recollect, but it's amazing to me how quickly people can remember who gave them their best hello. In fact, I've had one person say, my dog. And I thought, you know what, I could appreciate that. Um, I have mothers say, my my three-year-old, and and I can appreciate that. But any time I've asked any group, and I've spoken to a wide range of ages, any time I've ever asked someone who gave you your best hello, Within a matter of moments, they're able to tell me who gave them their best hello. My challenge mm-hmm. to everyone I'm speaking to is if I followed you around all day today and I spoke with everyone you have come in contact with and I asked them that same question of who gave you the best hello, would any of them say it was you? And I told them mm-hmm. I'm not following you around. I don't know that, but what I want you to become keenly aware of is the fact that people remember who gave them their best hello. And why wouldn't you want to be the best hello? And I wow. ask people, you know, what's it cost to be the best hello? And a lot of times I, I hear nothing, you know, it doesn't cost anything. And I say, well, if it truly really costs you nothing, we would all be giving each other our best hello. There is a cost. Um, but part of that cost is energy because you have to be bringing energy to bring that best hello. You can't be walking by somebody and say, hello. <laughs> you need to be bringing, mm-hmm. and I see how important bringing energy to anything, bringing, bringing energy to every conversation, every relationship. Um, but there's also an attitude cost and an attitude of understanding that you matter, that people remember who gave them the best hello, and you need to be aware of that. So when you get out of bed in the morning, you need to, before mm-hmm. both feet hit the floor, you need to be thinking, I'm going to be my best hello to at least one person today. And I tell people to think about being that best hello, but then watch the reaction you get from it. And it's amazing how, and I I just do it. I, it's a part of me, and I see it benefits me. Um, as I told you before when we were speaking, I said my wife doesn't say, I don't practice what I preach. I preach what I practice. And it just, I see the benefits of all the things we talk about with perceptionology. Um, I say how you are perceived is your reality. Um, If people don't see you as energetic, you're not. If people don't see you as sincere, you're not. And it's amazing how that great hello, because every relationship starts with a hello, it's amazing how that great hello changes someone's whole behavior. I've walked up to people and I said, don't waste your don't waste your best hello on someone walking or skipping into the room. They're probably pretty good for the day. But you do not need to look far to see someone who could really use a good hello, a pat on the shoulder, a word of encouragement. And when you watch how that person responds back to you and you see mm-hmm. it's a positive, they're grateful, the eye contact, the, they stand a little straighter. And when you see that you have that impact on another person, I'm hoping that mm-hmm. that's going to encourage you to give another great hello. Hmm. And and you know, um, 
Donald Wayne, as you're speaking, it, it, the word, it, it made me think about random acts of kindness. And, you know, when I give my best hello to somebody, you know, I'm really performing an act of kindness, you know, and, and I don't even know what type of rippling effects, you know, that may have for that person that I'm extending that hello to. I, I just thought about that. Oh, absolutely. It's it's amazing our own ability to encourage others around us, and that's one of the things I really stress in my lectures. Mm -hmm. Um, I work a lot with college and university students, and I want to talk to them because a lot of times kids go to school, they go away to college, and within two Mm -hmm. weeks to two months they drop out of school. And I Mm -hmm. think a lot of that they have their their not self-confidence. They don't see how they fit in. They get homesick. They feel mm-hmm. out of place, and I try to encourage them to say, you know what, it don't, it's not about you. Look around you and see all the other students that a simple hello from you could change their day, make their day. Um, I, I talk about building relationships, and one of the things with building relationships is because no one has achieved anything on their own. You need people to help you, and mm-hmm. what I talk about with perceptionology is um, inspiring other people to want to help you, not get them to help you, but inspire them to want to help you. And you can inspire people by, number one, separating yourself from the crowd. And that mm-hmm. simple being a great hello. So it's amazing how that alone can separate you from the crowd because people remember uh, who gave them their best hello. But mm-hmm. you, need to build, you need to build relationships. And you need to be personal. You need to be, you know, sincere. And, you know, when you talking about me coming in to speak to your graduate class, there was no way I was there. Um, the, the, Dr. Baginski would never have invited me in if she didn't hear from someone else about me who, in fact, heard about me from someone else. So if I track that back to even why I'm here on your on your radio show today, there's at least four people who put their name on me, and that's what I talk about. You need to be someone um, that people are willing to put their own name on. Um, I think you've heard me speak of, are people passing on your name, or are they simply passing on your name? Hmm. And it's a little different hmm. in how it's said, but a world of difference to your career, to your business, and to any of your listeners who are thinking about if they have their own business or are thinking about starting their own business, it is crucial that you inspire people to want to spread the word about who you are and what you do. Hmm, interesting. So we really want people to be talking about about us in a good way. <laughs> yeah, um, Sophia, they're talking about us anyway. Um, you know, you know how people interesting. And I tell people that you know, you know, people are talking about us. What are they saying? Um, interesting. And, and, mm-hmm. <laughs> And, and to understand that, and, and to understand that when you're starting a business or whatever it is, you need to be branding yourself. You need to be putting that best foot forward day in and day out. This is who I am. This is what I do. You need to be able to put your, and that's why I go by Donald Wayne. Um, mm-hmm. It's Donald Wayne McLeod, but I answer to Donald Wayne because I get mm-hmm. to I get to um, pick what name I want to go by. And mm-hmm. I, I think that separates myself from the crowd, from the simple fact that we're no longer working in the 
a town or a, a city, but we're marketing ourselves to a country, um, especially mm. with all social media and LinkedIn and all of that. Um, and I, I think maybe one of the reasons I'm very aware of how I'm meeting and greeting someone is I never know where my next speaking gig is coming from. So I know I'm always on. I'm always interviewing. And I think a lot of people don't understand that concept when they start their own business or if they're in transition and they're looking for work. You need to be getting your name out there. You need to be presenting yourself in a fashion that people are going to be willing to put their name on you, and that's a rare thing. So it's almost like you become your own walking billboard and – you know, and and not by what you are saying about yourself, but just how you are projecting yourself to others, and how you are how you are able to develop and build relationships with others is what I'm hearing you say. Or at least absolutely. that's what I think I'm hearing you say. Okay, okay. Yeah, okay. Absolutely. I put on a series for um, people back in 2006, 2007. I put on a lot of seminars for people who were in transition. And what I found were people coming to my lectures in blue jeans and T-shirts. And I said to them, do you realize that you have no idea who you're going to meet today who could change your life forever? Are you putting your best foot forward right now? Are you showing me the best possible employee you would be? And I had a gentleman who was um, a president of a company, and he was laid off. And he said, I'm looking for another presidency. And I said, where's your tie? He was wearing a dress shirt, but he wasn't wearing a tie because no one here wears a tie. I said, not everyone here wants to be the president of a company. You're telling me you want to be the president. I'm looking at you, and I don't see that. And um, mm. the very next session, he came, and he was well-dressed. He had the tie on, and a month later, he landed in another president position. But it was amazing to me, Katrina, how people would come up to me with poor handshake, no eye contact, mm. low energy, but they want to come and meet me after the lecture. And I said, you know, it's like I want to say, Wow, no eye contact, no energy, really. You're wearing blue jeans and T-shirt. You're unemployed, really. It's like take a step back, look in the mirror, and think, would you hire you? Um, if I'm a company and, I, and I'm going to put my name on somebody, I want that person to be a good example of my company. And um, I okay. think that's something that people are forgetting. They're not, they're not realizing that they are an extension of the company that they work for or would like to work for or an extension of their own company that they're they're working on. Hmm. Yeah, you know, I really I really I really like that and that really what you're saying it, it does resonate with me. Um because I think a lot of times um people may uh compartmentalize, well, I'm I'm going to the grocery store so it's okay for me to have rollers in my hair or <laughs> or, you know, I'm on my downtime so I can look any kind of way, or it's Saturday, you know, even though I'm at work, it's Saturday, so, you know, it's okay for me to, you know, to, to, to dress down, and, and not saying anything about dressing down, but, you know, I heard you say, you know, you want to dress for the the position that you see yourself in, and if you're saying that you want to be the director of, or, you know, you see yourself, uh, you know, in marketing or doing this, you know, are you are are you, 
you know, are you really putting yourself in that position, um, you know, with the way that you present yourself? Um, you right. know, which is just one, yeah, just one aspect. Um, you know, a lot of times um, I, I think that people really don't understand um, the importance of or don't really understand why relationship building is such a big deal. Um, and I just want to ask you to speak a little bit towards that. You know, why is relationship building such a big deal? Well, as I just said, there's no way I'm on the pleasure of being on your show today. If I hadn't, and here's one of the things that I started, I, I was working with some students at Auburn Career Center, and I just went in. I wasn't charging them for my services, but I I know I could help these juniors and seniors because I'm trying to help them to understand. In order to accomplish your goals, you're going to need people to help you. And I really want to stress that. I, there, I, there's no way I could accomplish what I'm doing right now without people's support. And it's so valuable to me, and I understand that. Um, and like I said, there was four steps to get to get to where I'm on the show today. But it's amazing how um, in order for anyone to accomplish their goal, they needed someone to put their name on, someone to, to be willing to, someone to be willing to vouch for them. And, you know, a lot of times we go out and I just want to go back to the meeting and greeting and we're talking about rollers in your hair when you go to the store. I one of the most important things is when you first meet someone for the first time. It is important that you are presenting yourself with energy, you are bringing sincerity, you are looking them in the eye, you are getting and using their name. Um, and so many times people think, you know, that I've had people in my lectures say, how many people are bad with names? And over half the hands will go up. And I say, mm -hmm. I never want to see you raise your hand again to that <laughs> question because what you've just done is said, you don't get it, Donald Wayne. I'm bad with names. I'm off the hook. And I'm trying to get them mm -hmm. to understand what you need to start in. And when you are saying, I'm bad with names, you are saying it inside your head. And you are so close inside your head. And it's hard to overcome that. And I've had people sometimes within a minute, they, they've told me three to four times, no, I, I'm bad with names. Why not? I understand, but I'm bad with names. I'm going, you just said it to me three times. Mm -hmm. How many thousands of times have you said that to yourself? So no wonder you are still bad with names and you believe that. But once you understand the importance of getting and remembering and using someone's name, um, you've heard me tell that uh story of where I had my neighbor kids came over 10 or 11 years old and they said um, would you like these kids to be baptized and you know again I, I want to bond with my neighbor kids I go to their church we walk in there's six young men being raised up for leadership well dressed I walk up to one of them I introduce myself to him I go he says his name is brother Timothy I go brother Timothy Donald Wayne McLeod it is a pleasure to meet you and while I'm still shaking his hand I said what's my name because even though he was well dressed he was standing tall, firm, handshake, and eye contact. I knew there was something missing, as we do. And I think, and I always challenge everyone in my audience. I always say, you know, you have a radar up. And they're like, yeah, you can tell if someone's being sincere. And I could tell the sincerity wasn't there. I said, what's my name? He goes, I don't have a clue. I said, no, it's not I don't have a clue. It's Donald Wayne McLeod. I want him to give my name. I want him to know that I know his name. Um he then introduced me to David, who was performing the baptism. My wife and I walked in. I said to David, we're really glad to be here, looking forward to the ceremony. We walked into the, um, this, the, the, uh, to this room. There's roughly 45, 50 people in it. We sit down. We watch the baptism. 
immediately after the baptism, the lights go off, the door, the doors get shut, and a big screen comes down out of the ceiling, and they put a 45-minute video on about their religion. My wife and I sit there, we watch this baptism, we watch this um, movie, and immediately afterwards, the woman comes and sits down next to me by design, and she looks over at me and she said, what do you think about the movie? And one important thing, which I have an hour and a half lecture just on listening, it's important to know that the listener controls the conversation. And knowing that, I turned to her and I said, do you have children? And her eyes lit up. She sat straight up in her chair. She said, yes, I do. I said, how many? She said, three. I said, how old are they? She said, three, five, and eight. And for the next 20 minutes, I listened to her talk about her family. I listened to her talk about something that was near and dear to her. And you have to remember, she was on a mission. I just watched a baptism, a 45-minute video. She's supposed to be softening me up for the takedown. I know it's coming in the hallway. (laughs) But all that went out the window because I was showing true interest in her. And if you want to build those relationships, those all-important relationships, Mm -hmm. you have to be sincerely interested. And I was. I wanted to hear what her life was like. I wanted to know how much she runs around during the day because I know moms are taxis, they're nurses, they're wives, they're mothers. And I wanted to hear what a day in her life was like, and 20 minutes flew by. And after that, I said, I've got to go. My wife and I have to leave. As we came walking out into the hallway to leave, here were those six young men being raised up for leadership, forming this gauntlet my wife and I were going to have to walk through. And at the far end of the hallway was David, who I met earlier, who performed the baptism. He's meeting me in between all of these guys because he's going to show them this is how it's done. And you may have heard me say, the only thing missing at that moment was the music to a good old-fashioned Western because we were having a shootout in the hallway right here and now. <laughs> he comes walking up to me. It's Katrina, really, you know, I'm not afraid to call somebody out, right? And mm-hmm. I'm shaking his hand and go, David, awesome ceremony. We are so glad we could be here. What's my name? He just, he just looked at me. Brother Timothy, who was standing to my right, goes, I remember his name. And I was supposed to take David's hand. I said, tell him how you remember my name, Brother Timothy. He goes, he made me remember his name. And that's one thing I really want your listeners to understand. You need to make people remember who you are and what you do. You need to make people remember who you are and what you do. And you want to do that in a very positive way. So I turned back to David, who I'm still shaking his hand. And I said, David... How am I supposed to believe you care about my soul when you didn't care enough about me to remember my name? Mm-hmm. But David was a true leader. I said, you could have heard a pin drop at that moment. But he was a true leader. He didn't sit there making excuses. Um, well, uh, he let go of my hand. He took, he took one step back and goes, what else can you teach us? I said, there's mm-hmm. three things we need to know. First thing is get remembering these people's names. Secondly, don't mm-hmm. form the scoff. It's so obvious what was going on here as far as your marketing design. And the third thing you need to know is I'm taking my wife to dinner right now. And they all separated <laughs> like the Red Sea, and we got the heck out of there. <laughs> now, I tell that story. That's one of the mainstays of my lectures, one of the first parts of my lectures, because I think it's so important. I want. I don't know what he, I would have said if he said, you're going to Wayne McLeod. Well, Paul's back in my court now, right? But it mm-hmm. was to prove mm-hmm. that he didn't care. He really didn't care about me. He was just trying. He just saw me as a big guy. And the reason I tell people in my lectures, the reason I tell that story is because unless you can connect with people, no matter what your product is, and these were people who had a product that they are so sure of, they're betting their own everlasting life on it. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if your mm-hmm. listeners are so sure of their product, they're willing to bet their own everlasting life on it, but even if you are, 
if you cannot connect with your clients, you cannot mm-hmm. sell it. Sorry, I can read that story. You know that's a longer story. <laughs> no, I no, love that's, that's story. Yeah, no, that's that's really great. But, you know, that was that was one thing that that um, that made me, you know, remember the importance of of names. Absolutely. Well, let me let me ask you, what is what if someone is shy? You know, what if someone says, "Well, I'm shy and I feel self-conscious about putting myself in in what I consider to be, to be social situations." You know, what do you say to to someone like that? That's a great question, and thank you for asking that question, Katrina, because I know there's a lot of people in the listening audience who may be saying that very thing is going through their head. During my lectures, I'll ask people, and I just say this something, I say, yeah, um, how many people do you know? And usually they say, well, I know a lot of people. And I say, well, give me a number on that. And they say, I know hundreds of people. I say, okay. Mm-hmm. Now, um, how many people know you? And they say, well, a lot of people know me. I go, okay, you're not, in, you're not understanding my question. How many people really know you? And when you think you're understanding my question, how many people really, really know you? You know, I'll stand in front of the group and I go, we went from hundreds and all of a sudden I'm down to ten fingers. And mm-hmm. I say, how many, if you're really understanding that question, you're down to five. And I, close, I make a fist out of my other hand, now I'm down to five, down to four, down to three. Down to two, and I say, if you really are understanding what I'm asking you, how many people really know you? The last two fingers go down. I say, I know there's a question I can ask everyone in this room that you wouldn't be able to answer about yourself. And I say, take a look around the room right now, and people will look around the room and say, you see, we're all on the same boat. Nobody knows us. Nobody truly knows us, which makes it easy for me to walk into any room, any place, any time. And I know that every person in that room would love to have someone come walk up to them and be truly interested in them. They would love Mm -hmm. to have someone come up and listen to them. And you don't have to be a great orator to have a conversation. There's many times, Katrina, I'm in a conversation more, just like that woman that I talked to for 20 minutes at the church, I'm listening mm-hmm. to her. She never asked me a question about myself, but I can guarantee you she walked away thinking I'm a great conversationalist. And I can't tell you how many times that's the case. If, if you just wonder, you're asking people and there's questions, and I, you know, I'm talking about going up and meeting someone because here's the other thing I, I talk about as far as you say the importance of building relationships. When I'm at a lecture and there could be 300 people in the room, I say, how many people do you see here? And they'll say, oh, 250, 300 people. And I'll walk over to a person that I know is a, a key player, maybe the president, vice president of a company, and I'll say, how many people do you know? And they'll inevitably say, I know hundreds of people. And I say to everyone else in the room, do any of you see the hundreds of people sitting in this chair right here? Because I do. I know I'm never meeting just one person. I'm meeting everyone they know, they work with, their brothers, their sisters, all their family, their neighbors. And if you see that, you know, and here's the other thing I know. Each and every one of us is a great gatekeeper, meaning no one's, you know how they have that Verizon commercial, Katrina, and they go, can you hear me now? And you see the one guy standing there, but there's hundreds of people standing behind him, the network that you have. Yes. Every, every person that you see has that same network. 
are you bringing enough energy, are you making a great first impression that people are going to be willing to pass your name on to the people that they know? Hmm. Interesting. Hmm. Okay, okay. So with that being said, um, and I hear, I keep hearing, I'm going to ask this question. All right, so let me ask the question. Um, what are skills needed for networking, or um, or are the skills needed for networking the same for personal and professional relationship building? And and before you answer that, I, I do I keep hearing listening skills yes. as being so vital in relationship building, but. Um, um, you know, are the skills the same um, for building personal as well as professional relationships? I think they are because you need to make those professional relationships personal relationships. And that's mm. one of the things where I talk about if you if you were giving a handful if you were given a handful of tomato seeds and you threw them in the top dresser drawer, do you think they were going to bear fruit? Of course not. But that's what we do with business cards. We we gather all these business cards and think about how many business cards we can have. I mean, they're laying around the house all, all, all over the place. If you don't plant them, and I say each and every one of those business cards is a is a relationship seed. And if you plant mm-hmm. it, you need to plant it. You need to nurture it. You need to. You need, here's one of the things I talk about as far as building that relationship. Okay, say we're going to go up. You're going to give a great hello to someone. And you say, okay, Donald Wayne, great. I'm going out there. I'm bringing the energy. I'm going to make a great first impression. I walk up to someone and I say, hello, now what? You know, I say, here's a great question. Here's a great question to ask and keep this on you at all times. You just say to someone, what are you looking forward to? And the first thing the person you say that to is going to say is, what am I looking forward to? Because they're shocked, number one, that you're asking them a pertinent question. Number two, it gives them the time because they're already starting to think of what they're really interested in. And if someone says to me, and I've had this happen, I'll say, what are you looking forward to? And I had this guy, he crossed his arms and he goes, nothing. I said, well, not only McLeod, it was a pleasure meeting you when I moved on because he gave me a snapshot of where his mindset was. He was negative. He wasn't looking forward to anything. The way he, and it's like, if you ask that question, watch how people respond to it. Now, if that person told me, I'm going to Vegas in two weeks. I'm not going to say, oh, I go to Vegas all the time. When I go there, I stay here, and I, and I, and I, and I, and I. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Ask the question and then shut up and let the person talk because when you say, what are you looking forward to, they're going to give you the keys to the kingdom. They're going to give you the subject matter for which to have a conversation. It's not about mm-hmm. us. And if you can do that and you say, what are, what are you looking forward to? And so now you're going to get a, a snapshot of their mindset. They're going to tell you something they truly want to have a conversation about and run with it and ask questions about it. So if the guy said, let's say he says, I'm going to Vegas in two weeks. I say, well, where do you stay? And I listen to where he stays. I say, who's going with you? Um, how often mm-hmm. do you go? Do you ever go out to the Grand? Do you ever go out to the canyons, or do you go to the Hoover Dam? And I'm asking them question after question after question. And the reason I say to ask that question is because in order to build a relationship, you need to have more than one contact. You know, it's you can't just email somebody. You met Tommy Jones at a at, in Vegas, and now you think, okay, you can't say, hey, Tommy, let's do business, right? If you mm-hmm. want to build a relationship, if you want to build a relationship with a person. 
you need to have another reason to talk to them other than business. So if you ask somebody, what are you looking forward to, and they tell you, I'm going to Vegas in two weeks, plus mm. me in a month, I'm sending you another email and saying, how was your trip? You know, And that's all you need to say. Okay. Hey, Tommy, I'm, I was just wondering how your trip went. And you'd be amazed how people start to write back because no one else is asking them. No one else is caring. No one else is listening to them. And I say that same thing with as far as cultivating your your network. All you know, I say, are you collecting? Are you just having a list of strangers, or are you mm-hmm. nurturing your network? And uh, like LinkedIn is a big one. Um, and if I, on a Saturday, I'll sit and I have my laptop, and I'm going through. And if I haven't sent somebody something in a little while, all I have to do is say, I "Was just thinking about you. How are you doing?" Send. Mm-hmm. And they'll send me back mm-hmm. three paragraphs of what's going on in their life that now mm-hmm. gives me more information that I can then keep and have something of other interest that I can talk to them about. So it's connecting, 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 putting your name out there, having people know who you are. And, you know, I talk about positive points of contact. One of the things I do for, and I like to do this around the Super Bowl anyway, um, I bet on the Super Bowl and I bet $2.00. And I hope I lose because I want to, if I lose, say I had a bet with you. And, and, you know, you see people are very loyal to their teams. And so I know, now I know what team you root for. Um, (laughs) And if I bet $2 on the Super Bowl, I hope I lose because here's how I'm paying you back. I'm I'm stopping by. I'm mailing you. I'm going to to connect with you one more time. And I'm going to present you with a brand new $2 bill. So when I do that, because, when you go and spend a $2 bill, you're going to remember who gave it to you. You may not even mm-hmm. spend it. You may just keep it because people don't know. You can just get them at the bank. You know? But, mm-hmm. again, uh, I hope I lose so I can come back and show you that I'm a man of character here. I'm, I, you know what? I bet you, and, you know, I congratulate you. I'm a good loser, um, all that. But that gives me one other opportunity to connect with you that, you know, it, it, other people aren't taking advantage of that. And I do I have a lot of friends I know whose team – I know who likes the Green Bay Packers. When they win a Super Bowl, I'm sending them all congratulatory emails. One other point wow. of contact, I'm positively encouraging them. I, you know what? I want to share in their joy. I'm not there. Wow. You know. So I'm just saying there's so many opportunities, and I wish I had 16 hours to talk now, to you. Now, you make you make relationship building sound fun. <laughs> oh, yeah. It is. It is. You know, what did I say the other day? Did I tell you, where did I say I went to? I was at, um, I went to um, a pizza place right around the corner here, but oh, I got yeah. the guy's name behind the counter and I had a conference. He slides me an extra slice of pizza and another um, pepperoni yeah. roll for me to try. Simply because yeah. I, I brought some energy and I remembered his name and I was, you know, but I, I, I why not? Why not? Why not? Why not impact the people around us in a positive way? How does that do anything but benefit us? Cool. So relationship building does not have to be awkward. Um, it can, it really can be a lot of fun, and it can also take us out of our comfort zone, and 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 uh, you know, and, and and challenge us to meet people and to learn about people and places that we would otherwise not. Not know anything about, not learn about. Absolutely, um, they say you know when you're talking, you learn nothing new. It's only by listening that you really get to understand about other. And, and here's the great. Remember, I said the listener controls the conversation. So if the mm-hmm. next time 
your listeners are taught, you know where, how this goes. You're at a function, and there's somebody, and they're talking your ear off. And I figured, mm-hmm. I, I, I just came back from um, uh, San Antonio, and it was a three-and-a-half-hour flight, and this guy next to me never stopped talking. But I turned to him, and I would ask him questions I wanted to know something about. He worked for the airlines, and he was working with the baggage department, and I want to know what was it like shipping animals. He went through this whole talking about how cats, dogs, and birds all have this treaty when they're on a plane in their cage. No one's barking. No one. They're all like, "We're going to get through this together." Um, I learned about I learned about so many interesting things about what they fly. You know, people are a sideline actually for airlines. Um, it's mm-hmm. all the produce. It's all the other stuff that they're flying. And I got to I'm behind the scenes, and I'm thinking, "Wow, what would I want to know if I was in the belly of the airplane? Tell me about this, that, and the other thing." And Whatever I asked him, he would talk to me about. Um, here I had a guy uh, at a function where he was telling me about his grandson and going on and on about his grandson. And I said, what grandparent doesn't think their grandkid is the greatest thing since sliced bread, right? Mm-hmm. So I, I turned to him. I go, what were you like as a kid? And he goes, oh, I was a hellraiser. I'm like, great. Um, give me an example. And I led him through this story where he told me about having a detention at a Catholic school where, to make a long story short, after his detention, he had to move all the desks out into the hallway and, and, and uh, polish the floor. But the janitors were going to bring the desks back in. When he left, when the teacher released him, the sister released him, he went into the hallway and lined up the desks across the hallway and jammed the last one in against the door, which opened out and locked this nun in her classroom for six hours. And this was before, you know, cell phones is the... And back then, all you saw was their face, you know. And I, but I've led the story. I, I'm asking them this question and that question. And, um, she ended up having to open up a window that tilted out and climbing out of the window. And then I wanted to hear, what trouble did you get into when you got home? I mean, it, was, it became fun instead of sitting there listening wow. to someone drone on and on about, you know, something you're not interested in. You have the control. The listener controls the conversation. The next time you find yourself with someone who doesn't want to shut up, at least start asking questions about what you're interested in. Interesting, very interesting. Let me ask, let me ask you, Donald uh, Donald uh, Wayne, how long does it take to to develop a relationship? Because um, you know, a lot of times um, I, I think that people may not know, or you know. It's so awkward, um, you know. I meet somebody once, and I've got this business card, and I know you you spoke about that, or, or you know, I meet somebody at a function, and you know, and I see them a couple of times, and you know, how how long does it take? To, you know, is there a standard of how long does it take to develop a relationship? I, I can't say there's a specific amount because every, every and that's the beauty of it. Every one of us is so different, and uh, and I enjoy that. And I, and even with um, conversation and having opinions, I say respect and appreciate other people's opinions. I see so often people almost get in arguments. People don't have to agree with you at the end of the evening, and you don't have to agree with them. Respect and appreciate their opinions for they are what make conversation not only necessary but enjoyable. How boring would it be if we all felt the same, thought the same, and someone said, well, how about those Cleveland Browns? And everybody said, uh, there would be no conversation. So you need to respect that. But as far as the timeline, you need to just continue to try, continue to make those positive points of contact. Like I'm saying, when you ask the question, keep up to date with that. Keep following up just simple little emails. Um, 
remembering someone's name will do you a whole lot of good because if you see that same person out again and they come walking up to you and you don't have a clue as to who they are or you can't remember their name, well, that's going to that speak highly of the relationship you're trying to build. So you really need to be, uh, people say to me, they go, how come you're so good with names? And I say to them because a lot of times when I'm talking to students in, in, or any company, because I'm coming in numerous times, not a one-hour lecture. It's a process, mm-hmm. it's a program. Mm-hmm. And by the time of the first day, if there's 65 people there, I know them all by name the next time I come walking into that setting. And that's because I've written their names down. And I'm going to look at that name chart again before I walk in there. But I also write down one word to describe the person. And it might be mm-hmm. glasses because they had neat glasses. It might be long hair. It might be um, dyed hair. It might be energetic. It might be whatever. It might be poor listener. <laughs> and I tell, mm-hmm. I want to challenge your listeners, if, you, if the people you were talking to had one word to sum you up, what would it be? And in this one session, I was working with these college students, and I'm not saying they weren't all, they were listening to me, but this one kid was kind of, his legs were kicked out way in front of him, he's kind of lounging in his chair, and I said, what's the one word that you want me to see on your chest? And he goes, what? I said, you're wearing one word you want me to remember you by. What's the one word you want me to remember you by? And he goes, amazing. I said, then be amazing. And he sat up in his chair, and he put, I, and I t- challenge your listeners. What's the one word you want people to remember you by? Then be that. Don't say, well, I want to be sincere. Well, then be sincere. Don't, you know, you want people to remember you as being energetic? Be energetic. And the whole time I'm talking to you, Katrina, I'm walking around mm-hmm. because I want to bring energy. People can sense that. If I'm talking to you, you know, I hope people know I'm passionate about what I do. You know, uh-huh. um, but, but you need to bring that passion. You have five seconds to make a great first impression. Five seconds. Bring it. Um, can you like talk, a little, said, bit go, can, can you talk a little bit about that? Can you talk a little bit about that? When you're when you're meeting someone, I say I say bring the orchestra, and that means bring every. You know, it's like when you go to an orchestra and you you have the violins, you have the bass, you have the drums. You need to bring everything that you are. You need to be focused. You need to be walking up with confidence. How you walk up mm-hmm. to someone tells them a lot about you. They may already have an opinion of you before you actually open your mouth. But you've got to walk up, be truly interested, eye contact, firm handshake, looking right at them. You know, bring the energy with you. They can feel that. Get, remember, and use their name immediately. They're, never, they're not telling you any great shakes in the first five minutes that they're meeting you. I can always revisit and say, I'm sorry, where did you say you live? I'm sorry, how many children did you say you have? I'm sorry, what company did you say you work for? All easy questions to re-ask. But the tough mm-hmm. question would be, um, I'm sorry, what was your name again? And it's so uncomfortable, we won't even go there. We'll walk away from meeting the person for the first time saying goodbye when they know we didn't call them by name. And, and you know, and a lot of times people, they're not going to remember your name when I'm saying goodbye to them. Donald Wayne McCarthy, it was a pleasure meeting you, whatever their name is. And I'm using that name. I'm using the name in my head because the only thing that matters in the first five minutes of meeting someone is their name. Get it, remember it, and use it. Um, wow. So, so what? Um, I'm writing that down. Yeah, well, Katrina, <laughs> I'll, I'll videotape. I put out um, some just little minute videos. And I find okay. myself, and I speak in front of 
people all the time, but I find myself doing a one-minute clip, and I want to go back, and I'll do that take. I'll, I'll shoot that same minute five, six, seven, ten times because every time I look at it, I think, I could have done that better. I could have done this better. And I think mm-hmm. if we had a video camera that was following us around all day, and we mm-hmm. actually got to see how we introduce or how we interact with others on a daily basis, yeah. we would go, oh, my gosh, I can't even believe I did that. But wow. we don't have a rewind button in life. But yeah. I had a lot of people tell me, you know what, I've been videotaping myself, I've been recording myself, so when I'm talking to people, I'm not going, um, uh, I want to know how I'm talking. Um, it, it's all very important. Presentation is is crucial. And if you aren't if you aren't impressed with your own product, and we are all all a product, um, that's one of the things I tell people. You are the product. What you do is a byproduct. You are the product. Mm-hmm. You get to wrap it. You get to dress it. You get to present it however you want. And if you were selling a brand new car, would you sell it? Try to sell it with it being dirty or dented? No, you wouldn't. So bring mm-hmm. the best you can be each and every time. Be the best you can be. Be consciously aware that we are being perceived by everyone around us. We're being perceived professional. It's like we said before, people are talking about us. Make sure they're saying mm-hmm. good things. All right, Donald Wayne, you've got me standing straight. Yeah, I'm smiling. I'm, uh, <laughs> I want to uh, put I, my best foot forward. <laughs> you know, each and every time, and it's, it's a conscious thing. It's a conscious thing. But you know how many people are doing it? Not very many. I, I can't tell you how many people don't stand to meet me. Gentlemen who don't stand to meet me. And I'm in a and in a lecture I'll walk up to them, they don't they're not standing to meet me. I go, Are you thinking about standing to meet me? And they're like, Yeah. Well, why aren't you? Why aren't wow. you presenting yourself the best possible way? Not only showing me respect, but respect for yourself. And there was one more opportunity. Speaking real quick. Speaking of three hundred thirty mm-hmm. business to three hundred and thirty business people from around the world. And I asked them if they knew what a 30-second elevator speech was, and they all nodded their head. They knew what a 30-second elevator speech was. And that's when you have 30 seconds to introduce yourself and say who you are and how you can be reached. And I said, would any of you like to give yours? And a laughter ran through the crowd, but not one person stood and said, my name is, this is my company, this is what I can do for you, and this is how you can contact me. I said, you know, there was a banner at the front of this um, hall that they paid $8,000 to have their banner up there for the three days that the conference was going on. I said, what would that have been worth to stand up in front of 330 businesses? Yeah. What to do, how to be reached, and they would have been able to see you do it. They would have seen yeah. an example. But the problem is people haven't been told how to do that. They're not confident in how they do that. And that's another thing I do with perceptionology is I have people get up, they have to talk, but then they hear honest feedback as to how they presented themselves. And that's oftentimes the first time in their life they're ever hearing it. You know, I had a husband and wife in one of my sessions. I said to the husband, tell me something about yourself. He said, I'm a very romantic person. And his wife looked at him and goes, no, you're not. And he looked at me and goes, no, wait, I'm a very romantic person. His wife looked at me and she goes, no, he's not. I said, I walked up to the husband. I said, what's your wife's middle name? He goes, nothing came out of his mouth. I go, when is her birthday? He couldn't tell me his wife's birthday, but in his mind, he's a very romantic person. And a lot of times I think people think, I'm polished, I'm, I've done this, I can, I'm good around people. Yeah, you're a very romantic person. 
no one's told you. You you have this idea, but no one's ever told you the truth as to how you present yourself. And I've never had anyone ever get up and hit a home a grand slam home run. But they've learned how they're being presented, how they're being perceived. They're learning how they present themselves and what they could do better. I had one gentleman get up, and I could tell he was sitting in one of the front rows, and he was giving me attitude. I could see he was like, I'll show you how this is done. So I invited him up. Mm-hmm. And he gives his 30-second elevator speech, and he went to sit down. I go, no, 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 since there's 250 people in this room, I had Senator Cleveland. And I said, pick someone in this audience and ask them how they thought you did. And he happened mm-hmm. to pick a woman who has been to 26 of my lectures. And he picked her because she had great listening skills, which we talk about listening skills, but she knew how to show those listening skills. She popped up. She gave her name, the company she works for, how to get in touch with her. Then she turned to us, and she started to give her evaluation of how he spoke. And she said, you said um a lot, you moved, you danced around a lot, but all in all, I think you did a good job for your first time. And with that, Mm -hmm. she sat down. And I turned to the person who she was evaluating. I said, did you hear what she said? And she said, yeah. She said, I did a pretty good job. <laughs> I said, did you hear that she thinks this is your first time? He goes, yeah. I said, but this isn't your first time, is it? And he said, no. I said, this isn't your 20th time, is it? He said, no. I said, but I know this is the first time you've heard honest feedback as to how you present yourself. He said, yes, it is. And he, I'm sure he used that, and he learned something. But we are afraid to hear. People are afraid to tell us how they truly perceive us, and that's one of the things I do throughout my life. I, I've been willing to tell people, wow, this is how I'm perceiving you. Do you even know? I walked into a, the dean of a college that I want to work at, and as I'm meeting him, he turns his hand so it's totally over the top. He twists it as if he's opening up a door so that his hand is totally over the top of my hand, and now my my hand is bent under. And I... I forced my hand back over the tops, and I switched places. So now my hand was totally over. Like, I turned the doorknob on him. Mm -hmm. um, How does that feel? And he goes, not good. And he goes, I didn't even know I did that. I said, just so you know, every person you have ever shook hands with does. And I told him that because he needed to know that. And I wanted to work at the college, which I did eventually. Uh, He brought me into, um, two years ago, brought me into his college. And I never saw him mm-hmm. shake hands like that again. And even the next person he shook hands with, he didn't do that. But no one ever told him. But every person he shook hands with, he was putting on this whole thing that I know anybody who shook hands with him had to be feeling like, who are you? You know, what, what are you doing to me? But Interesting. I see that, and I'm just trying to help people. And that's how I started the whole perceptionology is because I found people really appreciated my honesty. Wow. So I hear you saying that you do teach workshops. Is that correct? Yes, I do. Um, Right now I'm doing a lot of uh, chamber events. I I have companies that hire me. I travel around the United States. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm working on, actually I have a lot of stuff coming up this week with um, universities and colleges. I don't have any any workshops scheduled at this time that are private scheduled because I have a pretty busy schedule of other companies who've brought me in. Okay. Well, what about a one-on-one consultation or coaching sessions? I do have um, one-on-one. In fact, I've had people, and I call it, wake up and smell the coffee, and I just follow a professional around for the day. Um, I'll meet them at work. I walk in with them. I see how they introduce themselves to their people, to their employees, to their secretaries. I listen in on 
phone calls. I'll see how they meet their clients. I had one gentleman who was an attorney, and after I, I didn't sit in during his meeting with his client, but I watched how his client walked out, and I said, he, he, they were saying goodbye at his office door. And the um, gentleman started to walk out, and I said, is that an existing client? He goes, no, nah, that's a, a potential client. I said, then walk him to the elevators. What are you doing standing here? People remember when you say goodbye. So you, you ran after him, and he said goodbye to him at the elevators. And that's one thing I want to, again, tell your audience. It may be even more important how you say goodbye to someone than how you say hello. And I say to people, mm. when people are at your house, do you get up out of your chair to say goodbye to someone? And almost everyone in the room says, yeah, of course I do. I say, do you walk them to your door? Oh, yeah, of course we do. I yeah. say, do you walk them to their car? And mm. I'll still have some people say, yeah, they do that, but the majority of people stop at the door. Mm. If you come to my house, Katrina, I walk mm-hmm. you to your car. If it's raining, I have an umbrella right there. I walk you right out, and as you're pulling out my driveway, my wife and I are waving goodbye to you, like the Beverly Hillbillies there. But I did that because I know, just like you remember who gave you the best hello, I know you've seen when I drop you off. And I want to be the last person with eye contact. I'm still looking at you. I'm waving to you. And that's really important when you're saying goodbye to someone. Your goodbye is as important as that great hello. You need to make that a great one also. And when you're saying wow. goodbye to someone, you can't. If your hand's in someone's hand, I've had this happen a lot. People come up and they go to shake your hand goodbye, but they don't look at you. Eye contact is so important, building relationships. If you're, if you're shaking someone's hand and not looking them in the eye, it's meaningless. Mm-hmm. If you thank someone mm-hmm. without looking at them when you say thank you, it's meaningless. Yeah. And I've asked, I've asked waitresses and waiters, how many people look you in the eye? And I'm sure your audience, if I ask that question to your audience, do you look your waiter or waitress in the eye, the majority of them would say, yeah, I do. But across the board, Waiters and waitresses say less than 15% of the people that they wait on look at them. There's a lot of thank yous. There's a lot of ordering. But that's one of those situations where eye contact is huge in building relationships. It is wow. huge. If you're not looking, it's the window the, the windows to your soul. And if you're not wow. willing to look at someone while you're shaking hands with them, when you're talking to them, when you're listening to them, if you're not looking at them, and I know some people have a hard time with that, and I'm, and I'm not saying... You may be a very friendly person, but unless you actually are looking at them, you're not being perceived as such. Yeah. And that's the thing. You need to have that perception. is so important. I go into corporations, a lot of times, corporations that are known for hospitality. And I'll walk around the room for 45 minutes with all the people I'm going to be speaking with, and it's not unusual to not have one person come up and say hello to me. Yet when I get yeah. in front of the group and I say, how friendly is this organization? They go, yeah, we're friendly. Yeah. Are you just friendly? You're really, really friendly. And they're like, yeah. And I said, <laughs> could all of you who came up to greet me please stand? And, of course, mm-hmm. no one stands. I go, no, really, really. Could all of you who came up to greet me please stand? And when no one stands, they say, I know you think you're all very friendly, but that's not for you to say. The only person who can say yours is a friendly company is me right now. Would you like to hear mm-hmm. the truth as to how you're being perceived? And I'm not saying, I'm not telling you you're not friendly. What I'm telling yeah. you is you need to learn to show it. You need to learn wow. to show it. Wow. Perceptionology. Tell us, Donald Wayne, how can we reach you? 
if we are interested in knowing more about perceptionology and how to contact you and your organization? Every All my contact information, um, a lot of information, what I do is at perceptionology.com. It has my phone mm-hmm. number, address, my email, all the information. I tell people if you are starting a business or you want people to be able to reach you, make it real easy to be reached. And perceptionology.com gives you all my information, what I can do for businesses, organizations, colleges, universities. I have recommendations from um, faculty and staff at universities, from students. Um, it, it's important to have one place so when you give that 30-second elevator speech, you can say, and you can reach me at perceptionology.com. That's perceptionology.com. All my information is there. Great. I want to thank you, thank you, thank you so much for being um, our guest today. And I have taken notes. <laughs> I have taken notes, and I am going to listen to this pod, this uh, broadcast over and over again because you've given us such great tips and, and, and pieces of information. Um, and I would like to invite you anytime um, to come back um, to our well, show. I, I, would love I would love that, Katrina, because I have a lot more. My series goes, and sometimes um, – I go into a corporation sometimes 16 times, two hours each time, because there's that much information, and I, sque- I yeah. squeeze a lot in today. But I would love to come back, yeah. and I, I know you know I'm passionate about it. I hope your listeners got something from it. As I said, even if one person got something today, it's worth my time. And I certainly yeah. appreciate you, Katrina, for allowing me the opportunity. You are very welcome. Thank you. Thank you. All right. We are going to bring this edition of Positively Affirmative to a close, and we want to thank you, listening audience, for tuning in. This is the show where we affirm you with education, information, and resources in the areas of self-care, career development, business building, and wealth consciousness, challenges, and solutions. I am your host, Katrina Jones, Prosperity Life Coach of Satari Life Skills Institute, where we teach women how to create positive shifts in their work-life balance so they can become the directors of their own life stories. Is your life story one you would love to see improve? If so, give me a give me a call for a 30-minute complimentary coaching session. And learn how to edit your life story. We can be reached at kjones at prosperitylifecoach.com. Join us every Sunday at 6.30 p.m. Bring a friend and share the prosperity. Abundant blessings, everyone, and have a great week. Have a great week, Donald. Don't mess with Mr. In Between. Don't mess with Mr. In Between. Ah.